Welcome to Money in the Mind. Join Andy, a mental health therapist, and Aaron, an accountant, as they explore personal finance, psychology, and provide resources to help on your financial journey. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Money in the Mind. It's just Andy and myself this week. We've had a slew of really, really excellent guests of late, and that was a ton of fun. But yeah, we have just uh, just ourselves today, and Andy, you recently have done a deep dive on the topic of burnout. So we are going to talk about burnout today, and we'll make financial applications and just kind of see how this goes. Yeah, first and foremost, really cool thing that we're doing today is Ron and I are literally sitting, what, four feet from each other? Four feet? Maybe 4.5. 4.5 feet. Yeah, we are both fully vaccinated now. Ronald McDonald is remarkably vaccinated now. And we are very excited to be recording in person and being able to see each other, not over Zoom. So very excited about that. And like he said, we are not going to have an expert in the field. You're going to have to put up with us for the next about mm, 25 minutes. And yeah, so Ron, I have been just diving into burnout lately. Myself personally, I have been burning out of certain things that are happening at work. I'm not going to go into- Have you been burning out on the subject of burnout? Oh, no. I have been consuming everything from the subject of burnout. I'm not burned out on burnout yet. Not yet. But- It's probably going to be there. Anyway, so we are going to be talking about burnout today. We're going to talk about how burnout consists of three different things and also how that applies to your financial life. So, and we're just going to kind of spitball here. I had the beautiful, beautiful privilege of talking to the Junior League of Omaha today. They are a remarkable group of women here in Omaha that provide training opportunities. They are constantly learning and their end goal from what it sounds like is just to better their community. So I was invited on as a therapist, as a quote unquote expert, which I don't know. I don't know about that. I just try to sound confident. I was talked by, I was told by one of our listeners today that I put on a good show. So I was like, well, that's why I have Ron to provide good content. And we've we've all got imposter syndrome, or most of us do at least. So totally normal. Right. So, uh, so yeah, I just, I I want to talk about burnout because it's so applicable to our lives, whether that's, whether we're experiencing COVID for the last year, every single person on the face of the planet has been experiencing some sort of COVID affected something. And whether we're burnt out on COVID, burnt out on our jobs, burnt out on staying inside, burnt out on wearing a mask, it doesn't matter. There's burnout. So we're going to hop right into this. So in 1975, Dr. Freudenberger, not Dr. Freud, Dr. Freudenberger created uh, a sense of research around burnout and the three things that attribute to burnout, and they include emotional exhaustion, which means the fatigue that comes from caring too much for too long. It includes depersonalization, which is the depletion of empathy, caring, and compassion, and a decreased sense of accomplishment or an unconquerable sense of futility feeling that nothing you do makes any difference. Those are the three main 
signs contributors to burnout, which I think we could all agree upon. And so I'm going to be pulling on a bit of research from Emily and Amelia Nagoski. They were recently on an episode of Brene Brown's podcast, which is phenomenal. Literally anything by Brene Brown is pretty much incredible. And we've definitely quoted her research on here before. So burnout, if you have those three things, a job, if you don't feel like you're accomplishing anything, if you don't feel like you're giving any sort of empathy to your coworkers or to your clients or your patients or your customers, and if you feel like you just cared too much for too long, you might be experiencing burnout. So we're going to obviously apply that to our financial lives. Ron, after mentioning those three things, what do you think, or sorry, how do you think those could affect somebody's financial life? Could you please repeat them very yeah. briefly for uh, the uh, audience? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and a decreased sense of accomplishment. How do you personally think those could affect our financial lives? Okay. The first thing that comes to mind is just someone who's exhausted emotionally is probably more likely to make a bad financial decision, whether it's an impulse purchase or maybe selling something or was it, I think it was Dr. Klontz a couple episodes ago when he said how many people bought pets during the pandemic. And now, and now people are having to maybe to give pets back or to rehome them, which as a, a dog lover. Um, and I love cats too. We, I had cats and dogs growing up. That's a really tough thing for me to think about. So making maybe poor financial decisions because you just, you're kind of, you're just spent. You don't really have your normal bandwidth. So that could be one application I can think of. Another one, especially goodness in the last year is your work environment has probably been changed or maybe it hasn't changed, but the stress has gone up because maybe if you're in an essential worker type situation, maybe you work in healthcare or work at a grocery store or in a restaurant. So I could see why there'd be burnout there and people, you know, might be quitting their jobs and having trouble or having trouble finding work or something like that. So there could, goodness, could be all sorts of financial applications, um, reasons why you might make a a financial decision that you wouldn't normally make. Yeah. So some of the biggest things that I found through this research and then connecting it to the financial world, you, you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. Apathy, apathy, depression. The biggest things is just like, who cares anymore? Why am I doing this? What does it matter? It is what it is. Um, I got money in the bank. I got a stimulus package, eh, whatever. I'm just going to buy. Who cares? It is what it is. And that's real and that's dangerous. And it, it affects so many of us. And, you know, um, in a more crass sense, I might say we have a huge case of the efforts to where we are just, we don't have to make this episode explicit. So we'll just, we'll keep it like that. But it, it, it's true. It's it's absolutely true and it's real and it's set in, I think, to every single person on the face of this planet to where at some point you throw up your hands and you're just like, who cares anymore? Dude, I wear a mask. Should I not wear a mask? 
do I live in fear? Do I not live in fear? Do I take things seriously? Do I not take things seriously? It just, it's, and nobody wants to talk about it. And, and along with that, an increased polarization, apathy is just wrecking us right now. And to kind of move on in, into this conversation, one of the biggest things they first hit on regarding burnout is stress. Okay. So first and foremost, you have to understand how when burnout happens, you're going to start activating a flight, fight, or freeze response. Because when we are stressed, those are the three ways that we respond. So there are two things in here, right? There are stressors and there are stress. Okay. So I'm going to be kind of mixing in. I think already it's what we're eight minutes in and we're going to be kind of talking about applicable steps because I don't think we have to beat this dead horse today. We're all feeling the burnout. We're all feeling the apathy. We're all feeling the depression. We don't have to fit this into a neat structure. If we've got got something good, we've been recording for 42 episodes. All we have are neat structures. I got, I got nothing. (laughs) It's, it's, I feel like it's kind of ironic. Uh, coming from you but i don't know you're you're a little bit more of a perfectionist on on our recording stuff than i am which is ironic because everything about our systems should say that ron is the type a and i'm the type b but that is not the case when it comes to this podcast not even a little bit i was on a webinar today and i just did (laughs) stuff that's important and people were asking very detailed questions and i was just thinking I do not care about any of this, <laughs> even though it was important. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about how to uh, essentially address our our burnout. We're going to address these three things. And the main contributor to that is stress and stressors. So stressors are what activate the stress response in our body. These could be things we see, things we hear, we smell, things that we can imagine that are going to do us harm. Okay. We have external and internal stressors. External stressors could be money, job, friends, etc. Internal stressors are things like body image, identity, memories. Your body sees these as threats. Therefore, it activates the stress response. So stressors create, Ron? Cortisol. No, stress, which produces cortisol in our body. Absolutely. I just wanted to sound smart right there. No, you were very smart. I was just being a a butthead. So stress is a neurological and physiological shift that happens in our body. When we encounter one of these aforementioned threats, when we experience stress on a physiological level, our our heart rate, breathing, and blood pressure increase, as well as other things that help you, quote unquote, survive. The things that decrease... Our, our, digest, our digestion and our immunofunctionality. So if we are being chased by a lion or a, or, or, or a hippo, as they refer to in the book, again, burnout by the Nagaski um, researchers, literally our body creates an opportunity for us to survive. Like when our blood, when our heart rate increases and our blood vessels open up, we allow for quicker running, quicker response time, quicker reactions. So it's a good thing, right? And Ron and I have both listened to research by Kelly McGonigal, who researched stress in depth, who basically said stress itself is not a negative thing. And I want to reiterate that stress itself is not 
a negative thing. What is a negative thing is when we get caught in something called a stress cycle, which is my next point. We are entering the stress cycle when we experience stress, which are caused by what, Ron? I am looking up something and I didn't hear your question. What is stress caused by? Stressors. Stressors. Absolutely. Ronald McDonald is on the prowl right now for more stuff to be looking up, which is good. So when we enter the stress cycle, think of emotions. Think of stress. Emotions cause stress. We respond to those things, right? So we enter the stress cycle no matter what, okay? Emotions have a beginning, a middle, and an end, all right? Typically we get caught in the middle of this stress cycle. Because even when the research shows, even when stressors go away, the stress is still there. And if we don't deal with the stress, we hold that in. And what happens when stress happens? We have an increased heart rate. We have increased breathing. Our blood pressure increases. And your digestion again slows along with your immunofunctionality. So if we hold stress in our body, is it good for us? Literally makes you, can make you sick. It literally can make you sick. Stress can produce anxiety. It can produce depression. It can produce anxiety. Or, uh, sorry. It can produce apathy which is what we talked about earlier. So today we are going to kind of figure out how to end that stress cycle. Stress cycles can be ended. Oh, real quick. If you, if you feel like you're like, you know, I, I was asked the question during this talk today. Again, thank you again. Big shout out uh, to the incredible women that I had the opportunity to talk to today. There are four things that really identify if you're dealing with unresolved stress or you're still in the stress cycle. You notice your, yourself doing the same apparently pointless thing over and over and over again and or you're engaging in self-destructive behaviors, okay? So uh, we call that in the mental health field dissociation. If you all of a sudden feel like you're looking back at the last two weeks and you're like, what the heck just happened? I don't even remember getting through that. You just, you just, you feel like you're almost out of body kind of thing. That's a huge sign of anxiety. Kind of like depression. One of the biggest signs of depression, if you are depressed, is you just, you, you feel um, anhedonia is what we call it. Anhedonia, like if, uh, so Ronald and I love playing Zelda, any Zelda video game. And if all of a sudden we just stopped liking to play Zelda or something that we've invested copious amounts of hours in, we're just like, I just don't want to do it. Not that it's bored, but literally I just, eh, whatever. That's, that's a sign of depression. You just don't, you don't find joy just in the things that typically inter- bring losing joy. interest in things that normally you enjoy. Bingo. Bingo, bingo. Uh, second thing is uh, Brene Brown coined uh, term chandeliering. If you literally erupt emotionally, like you just snap, everyone knows something of when you just finally snap mentally as if you jump as high as a chandelier is hung okay the third thing is when you are hiding and the things you aren't doing um are working or reducing your stress or anxiety so you're literally just avoiding you're avoiding everything and typically let's say you run to reduce stress and you just stop you stop running that's a good chance that you have uh unresolved stress and four 
your body just feels out of whack. Ron, I know you have dealt with anxiety in the past. You've shared on this podcast. I have very recently started to dealt with like literally physiological anxiety to where like I pace around and my wife goes, your energy is wild right now. Like you have a huge anxious energy. Go outside. <laughs> so that's an, that's an interesting response and not at all <laughs> what my anxiety response is. So I'm, I'm sure it can very uh quite what's your anxiety response mine goes right to my stomach so mm. when i started in when i noticed it my senior year of high school it was all of a sudden like am i like am i ill like uh, feeling a, a little bit nauseous um so that's that's mine or just just feeling flooded and overwhelmed. Oh yeah, yeah. Flooded is a big, big, big term used by the. Um, I know at least the Gottmans when uh, literally when you feel overly emotional, where you can't deal with your emotions, physiologically, your brain, all your blood flow goes from the frontal lobe, which we talked about before, is in charge of like your rationale thinking, and it literally goes to the back, to where your fight or flight or freeze responses are. I tend to get overwhelmed in my chest to where like I can breathe, but I just like, I have so much energy. Like I literally start flexing. I flex, I walk outside, I walk around and my wife tells me to get away from her for a little bit. So this is how you know that you have some unresolved stress in your life, possibly caused by burnout, by emotional exhaustion, by depersonalization or a decreased sense of accomplishment at work. Again, this is all applicable to your finances because if you are in a bad emotional state of mind and by bad, I mean, you just can't deal with your emotions as they start to present themselves. You're not going to make good, rational financial decisions. Or you might just, maybe you'll stop paying a bill or two or, yeah. or run up credit card debt and not pay off the credit card. Yeah. All sorts of decisions that we can make and and I, and I don't think we're approaching this not at all approaching this from a judgmental point of view it's like no, no this is all no, no no all totally like it's almost rational it is rational your body is having this physiological response so it might lead you to make a poor financial decision but that doesn't mean that something is bad or wrong with no. you necessarily and and that's it might sound like a common sense thing but there's a lot of a lot of financial shaming type, you know, blog posts or headlines or just messages that that people are getting and sending and receiving. So, so I think it's a a good place to say if you're having any of those responses and you might maybe you've made a a decision you regret financially or otherwise, it's like, well, okay, it's happening to a lot of people and it's not because you you're, you're <laughs> I don't know, abnormal or something. It's, it's a, it's right. a normal rational response. So it's, yeah. it, but that doesn't mean it's easy to be kinder to yourself necessarily. And, 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 and speaking of that, I did hear a financial shame today on the radio. There was a damn Dave Ramsey money minute thing on one of the radio stations that I was listening to. I happened and he said, and I'm going to paraphrase real quick, but he basically said, Adults have a plan for their financial lives. Children strictly re like base their financial decisions off emotion. And it, it, the point was 
beautiful. The point was valid. Absolutely. First and foremost, stop separating adults and children and don't make a, you know, he said a 58 year old person could be a child. And it's like, first off, stop shaming people. Stop shaming people. Holy Moses. Dave Ramsey, if you could listen to one of our episodes, listen to this one. Stop making people feel awful. You have a beautiful point though. Have a plan for your finances. Have a plan for your life. And emotional responses with finances, that's normal if people don't know how to deal with their emotions. Emotions are valid. Stop repressing them. The more you repress them, the more you're going to deal with burnout. I can guarantee it. So good point, poor delivery on that point. I was going to share that with you before we started recording and I completely forgot it until this yeah, point. Yeah, that's a good one. And I don't think, we don't do too much like Dave Ramsey bashing here. And No, no not and, at all. And, uh, generally, generally, I if someone asks me about it, which doesn't happen too often, but has happened before, I usually say you can't go wrong kind of with the the very financial piece and the stuff. financial piece or yeah, the, you can. the six baby steps. Like if you follow those baby steps, man, th- just those simple steps, pretty smart and has helped hundreds of thousands, maybe, maybe mil- millions. millions of people by now. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just like his bid to stay relevant in people's daily lives outside of people not taking financial peace is a, almost a clickbait kind of thing. Cause I follow him on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. And, and a lot of the stuff is just kind of grabby for attention. Yeah. Which kind of have to be on social media. Yeah. It's been a while since I've tuned into his, his radio show. But when I did, I always walked away from that feeling super motivated and like wanting Good. to, wanting to whatever, pay something off, pay off Heck yeah. bed or something or, Make an extra car payment or put save more money. So there's there's a lot of good application to to what he does. Um, Some of it isn't doesn't always hit the mark, but right. Um, So hey, we're gonna get into some heavier applicable steps now about how to deal with burnout. So first and foremost, we've talked about this stress cycle. Stress is not bad. Stress is a good bodily response. We've needed stress. It shows that we have something that we have to deal with internally to be at peace with how we're reacting. So if you want more, go to Kelly McGonigal's work. I believe Jordan Harbinger has an episode where she, where he interviews her. It's a beautiful episode. It's very, very incredible. Kelly McGonigal, Kelly McGonigal has got some brown groundbreaking work on stress. So the stress cycle, we understand that it's something we need to work through even though the stressor may not be presenting itself. Again, important thing, even though you're being chased by that lion or the hippo and that stops chasing you, that doesn't mean the stress is over. That means the stressor has removed itself. You still have the stress to deal with. Physical activity is the single most effective strategy to complete the stress cycle. This could be jumping up and down, running in circles, walking around the block, getting your heart rate up, or even a solid cry. Ron, have you ever bawled your eyes out and felt incredible after you've done it? Um, I mean, yeah, it's felt cathartic. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Catharsis. Ah, oh, that's a really good word. That was much better than any word that I could use to describe. I myself have two. It's been incredible just to be able to ball your freaking eyes out. That 
can help complete the stress cycle. It's okay. It's okay things. for dudes to cry. Oh hell by yeah! The way. It's okay for dudes to cry in front of each other. Yep. Right. Yep. Normalize. Are... Normalize that. I. We say yeah. normalize too much these days. I think, but uh, normalize healthy emotional responses. Yeah. For, for for men who get messaging about that, that's very unhealthy. And there are appropriate times to do it too. If you have a boss that is just berating you at work and it is awful and it's terrible, do not go down to your unit and start bawling your eyes out in front of patients. I didn't actually do that, but I'm just saying that would be a not inappropriate time. I'm not saying bottle it up. I'm saying leave it for a, an appropriate time, such as when you're around a spouse or a therapist or a trusted person in your life that you can just express that emotion. Okay. And yes, normalize the hell out of that. So um, that is uh, the number one most effective strategy is physical activity or just a solid cry, jumping up and down, just something. Let your body loose. Cortisol moves through your body. And golly, Ooh, we need to have Dr. Justin on again. I think he's coming over to my house this weekend. Yeah. I'll talk to him about that. Exercise has been the single most helpful thing to me over the pandemic. My wife was doing these work, these YouTube videos, gosh, probably maybe a year before I started joining in. And I, I'll run a couple of road races every year, but I was maybe getting my heart rate up, I don't know, once every couple of weeks. But when I upped that to three, four, sometimes five times a week, that like I could just feel my brain just soaking in how much it it loved exercising. And it's it's not an easy thing, but even just standing up and walking around or if you one thing I've learned and I can't remember where this is from, but breathing in for like four seconds and then breathing out for eight seconds. If you can just kind of vary your heart rate somehow, even if it's a breath in for four and a breath out for eight can kind of give you a, a very small variation in your heart rate. That is, can be really good for you. So just taking tiny, tiny baby steps with your, with your exercise Ronald McDonald just literally quoted how to what in the therapy world we call it deep breathing, which sounds like a hippy dippy thing. It is not. And I quote, it's not square breathing. I like to call it rectangular breathing because I go. So you go in through your nose for four seconds, you hold for four seconds, and then you very slowly go out through your mouth for eight seconds and really diaphragmic breathing. Your diaphragm is connected to either your vagus nerve or your sciatic nerve, but it literally helps calm your body down. It's not hippy dippy stuff. It is actually effective stuff. Thank you, Ron, for that. Affection. Affection is another way to help complete the stress cycle. A six-second kiss. So we're not talking about a peck on the cheek, Ron. We're talking about a deeply passionate kiss with your loved one. Six seconds is the key. A 20-second hug. Again, this is all research-based. A 20-second hug. We're not talking about a side hug. We're talking about a full, stinking embrace. And they also found a six-minute snuggle after sex. 
So if you are having sexual intercourse with your partner after you are completed, snuggling for six minutes can also help complete that. Helpless laughter, social strategies that can help complete the cycle along with self-expression include writing, drawing, singing, or whatever gives you a safe space to move through the emotional cycle of stress. All are things that can help complete that stress cycle. Also, finding some sort of meaning in life. So some sort of goal or service to the divine or loving relationships. And and the biggest thing, and I quote, self-care is not the cure for burnout. We often think, oh, just take care of yourself. Just take care of yourself. Not true through the research that the Nagaski girls found out, but connection, connection with other people. We've talked about it on this podcast before. We talked about it with Dr. Klons. They literally, and I wish I would have had this research before we talked to Dr. Klons, but they literally showed that that need for connection is now like heavily on that first uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It is along with the same thing as food, shelter, water. You have to have connection with another person, with other people. Those are cures for burnout. It makes a lot of sense. And I'm thinking about, I don't know, like an empty, like the empty cup analogy, I think it is, where is this a, is this like such an annoying thing in your field? No, or, I literally use the empty cup all the time. In fact, I used it at the talk today. So is this the, the, the one where, okay, you can't be able to contribute to maybe it's your work or be able to, to give to others if your own cup is empty. Correct. So that's where stress, burnout can really play a meaningful, meaningful role. Um, the other analogy, which I think is, I think it's a great one being able putting your own is, do they call them masks in planes? I'm, if you have the mask that comes down in an airplane, if you are losing oxygen in your plane, you have to put yours on first. Flying, you put yours on first because if you can't, if you are losing oxygen to your brain, you cannot physically help somebody out unless you yourself are breathing that clean, good oxygen, oxygenated air. Ron literally just quoted two analogies. I constantly use in therapy constantly because they're so good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you have to set good boundaries. You have to set good boundaries and that's finding connection within yourself. That's finding uh, a, a, some sort of meaning in life that is dealing with the stress cycle. If you are overstressed, if you are beyond your own body and understanding what is going on inside of it, talk to somebody. If you're making poor financial decisions because of it, talk to somebody. Email us, text us, message us, whatever. Um, A handful of you listeners take me up on that, and I love it. Thank you for reaching out. I think it's incredible. So, Ron, you got any more? This, right at that time. Yeah, this is a very, I mean, it's definitely more of a, a mental health type emphasis on this episode, um, which is totally fine. I think, I think it's a really, a really simple application here to be able to address a financial, a financially stressful situation to be able to get yourself into a place where you're able to make healthier decisions 
and we make financial decisions all the time, maybe that we're not even conscious of. So I think it's a it's a fairly fairly simple but not easy financial application here where to be able to get yourself into a better spot financially, if you're feeling burned out, if you're feeling stressed all the time, if you're feeling anxious, it's it's harder to put the pieces together in the way that you want to. Absolutely. I like that. We're going to end there. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money in the Mind, episode 42. If you like the episode, please subscribe. Please share. If you know somebody that is stressed, if somebody that is just struggling right now, share the episode. Really appreciate that. Thank you for listening uh, to Money in the Mind, where we teach you how to manage your money and not let it manage you. 